Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network, broadcasting live across the network from the 6th and Peabody Studios in downtown Nashville with Yeehaw Brewing and with Old Smoky Distillery. Glad you're with us. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Tennessee Power Hour means we're going to talk Titans, Vols, and much more. And we will start with the Titans. We'll get to some news and notes from the Vols scrimmage and a, a big recruiting topic for Josh Heupel in the balls. That's all coming up over the next hour right here on 360. Paul, let's start with Caleb Farley, who is not going to play uh, tomorrow night in Atlanta. Um, and while you, we could say, well, he's been banged up, he hasn't played in a while, the tone of the way Vrabel answered this question yesterday to wrap up his press conference was a head turner for me. Um, we, we know that there have been observations, and, and you've told us that you know they, they've been getting on to Farley for lack of a better word, laziness uh, after some plays, wanting them to get up and get back to the huddle or whatever. Um, but as as the presser with Vrabel yesterday was wrapping up, they went through. We know Henry's not playing, uh, and Darrington Evans is going to receive the start in Atlanta. It's very unlikely, and he's not going to play. Is, is Ryan Tannehill? Uh, Friday, And then at the end of the presser, Jim Wyatt from uh, TennesseeTitans.com asked something about Farley getting some looks or some work in the first preseason action. And Vrabel turned and just said, yeah, Caleb's not ready to play. And then as he, and he leaves the podium, as he leaves the podium, he's asked to follow up and he turns back around off mic, but where everyone could hear and says, yeah, Caleb's not ready to play. I took that to mean... The, he's frustrated with that. Like the, the reaction was more of frustration than it was, this is a guy who's coming back from injury and is not ready to play due to those limitations. Did you take it the same way? I, I sensed some frustration. I think... Uh, I, I, I think... I mean, it, just in the moment, that was my, uh, my honest reaction to that answer was, Vrabel's frustrated with Farley somehow. Well, he was just talking earlier than that about uh, being excited to see Monty Rice play. Uh, he said, I thought, in another very telling statement, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Rashad Weaver play. And a week ago, I wouldn't have said that. Like, he's come on in a week. But last week, I wasn't interested. And, and in says it's, a, it's a, big, a, a big preseason game for Dylan Radins as well. He said that, right? That we, yeah, he went through a couple of the players. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, and that's more than he usually offers, right? So I thought that was interesting. So I just took it in the context of like, hey, just talked to you about three guys that I'm really excited to see based on what they've done over the last week. And now Caleb Farley comes up. And based on the last week, I'm not uh, – I'm not only not excited to see him, I'm not, we're not going to see him. He's not ready. Um, and I think it's a combination of not ready, like we're not ready to let him hit, and he's not ready. He's not ready mentally. 
um, in addition. To, to be fair to what you were saying about uh, it was just one play. He went down on one play, and he didn't get up to finish the play. He was like, you know, like down and like, all right, I'm done for that play. Like I messed it up. And they're like, no, you don't finish it that way. You get up and try to finish it, and then you can right. be frustrated afterwards. And he didn't handle it that way. I don't think that that's – I mean, that was an illustrative – point but it wasn't a thematic like he does this every play kind of thing I wouldn't have said that uh, under any circumstance I wouldn't have thought Caleb Farley would have played in their first preseason game so big picture I don't think it's a huge deal um, but I'd like to I, I'd like to think that they'll feel like they're ready to see him against uh, e either in Tampa Bay or certainly against Chicago, and he's still got too much rust on. Him. Look, the best players aren't playing Friday we, or tomorrow. We 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 know that. Uh, this this is and a, they're not traveling. This is a third yeah, string. We'll get a list later game. today. They're not going. But the the rookies normally get a lot of reps and and just get their feet wet, right? It's it's the acclimation to game speed. And getting cleared a week into camp, to me, was a big sign that, okay, he's on track. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm not surprised he's not playing in the preseason game, number one. It was just the, I don't know, it was just the tone and the way that Vrabel reacted to the question where he, he's frustrated and, and, and I, I took it like he wanted to make sure. He, he could have elaborated, chose not to. He's elaborating, elaborating on other players. Um, I don't know. It, is I, it was this, just my reaction in the moment. Is this a company line with them that no rookie is ready and we're not going to inflate the tires of rookie players well, no, on this team? Well, no, he said, I'm excited no. to see Rashad Weaver, who's come on the last week. Monty Rice? I, maybe I'm wrong in hoping that they are not putting Dylan Radins as backup guard, uh, that maybe maybe they're lying about it. No, Dylan Radins really is going to be the starting Dylan tackle. Dylan Radins, they've he's said, has been, been bad. But, I mean, he's been a little bit better. What's wrong with days. saying your first and second round pick? These guys are players. They're, they're going to be ready to go quickly. I, I, are they afraid that they're going to get a big head if no, they say well, that? Radins hasn't been good, and Farley's coming off this thing. He so there are circumstances honest. for both. I mean, instead of a company line, it could also just be honest that they're not ready to play, which is really concerning. Well, well is, he, is he not ready, ready to play? To play. Because of, I mean, he's ready he's to go out there and get tested. Right, yeah, he's playing. Uh, it doesn't mean he's ready to go out there. And, is like, it they're just not saying this guy's ready like he's going to go out there and be good. They're saying we're ready to see what he yeah. can do kind of thing well, for I think farley it needs to be he's he's ready like we expect him to go out there and do some good things well with farley though yes he's medically cleared but I, i'm okay with the statement if it's more of a he's looked good we expect big things out of him this year but he's not game ready right now but for sitting out the year uh, opting out at virginia tech coming back from the injury yes he physically can go out there and practice but we don't think he's ready to play in a game yet if that's the case fine because not many people are expecting to play in the first preseason game yeah. either way. I think it's That's 70 not a big deal. That. But the way Hutton says it, if the context is he's not ready mentally or something to play or he's not performing in practice at a level to play – that's more concerning. But if it's just a he's feeling his way out, he's getting back into it, he'll be ready soon, that's fine. I think it's 70% the, the first part of what you said, Chad. He's not ready – uh, you know, just still just working his way back. And 30% maybe the a little bit frustrated in that he's uh, still mentally 
has more to work through than you might anticipate. I, uh, if you're, if, uh, again, like I, I'm, I'm trying not to read into tone, but I'm admitting I am. Um, there was some frustration in that answer. Vrabel wouldn't rule out Ryan Tannehill completely, but he's ruling out Caleb Farley. Like, it, it, that's weird. Like, Tannehill's not playing. We know that. And, but yet he, he ruled out Henry. We haven't seen Henry much at all in camp, um, except for individual. And, and with Tannehill, it was, as of right now, we're probably not. I don't anticipate I don't anticipate him. And he's not going to play. But my, my point there is the tone at the end where he circles back to Wyatt and says, Caleb's not ready to play and reiterates it. It's, I don't know. I, I wish I, I remember the In the, the, in the moment, I just took it like he's, he's frustrated by Do that. Do you remember what the follow-up was? Um, I think the follow-up had something to do with, uh, no, I don't. Well, here's the thing. I'm try- I, I'll say this about the follow-up. He gets annoyed at me a lot of times when I ask the walk-away follow-up like that to get him to call something back. When it's self-serving, no, he'll answer that question. And so I take something from that. He answered the, whatever the second question was to reiterate the Farley thing. So that walk away thing, sometimes it's a funny thing. Sometimes it's a message sending thing. And sometimes it'll be a don't ask me something when I'm walking away thing. So he entirely takes that to serve a purpose. They are extremely hurting on the roster right now uh tomorrow's going to be interesting because they've got to get through a preseason game um they he mentioned darrington evans is going to get the start i wouldn't play darrington evans more than a couple series no, this is a brian hill game but offensive line wow. like uh Who's adam, adam Coon, it was just waived injured uh with an injury settlement uh another offensive lineman hurt i mean i I don't know how they're what they're going to do on the offensive line. They signed two safeties. They didn't bring in. I want both of you line. guys to do something for me right now, right this second. I am coaching T-ball on uh, Friday night from six to seven thirty. Titans play at six p.m. Oh no, six p.m. Central good time. Pitching. Give me an excuse and a reason to record this Titans no, first preseason game and why I should go back and watch every second of it. Uh, I, I, I mean, Give me well, a reason, Paul. I go to the same go. thing You a need lot to amend times. your last sentence. Go. Why you should watch every second of it? Uh, uh, not every second, no. <laughs> uh, I, I would watch it for the outside linebackers. Okay. I told Hutton earlier this week, Paul, when you were at camp, uh, my biggest level of interest is Arthur Smith's coaching debut. Oh. I'm ready to see Arthur Smith on the yeah, sideline as a head coach. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything, but I just want to see him on the sideline as the head coach. That's it. Like, I want to see oh, him what he looks like. wearing the visor, no visor, hat, you know, calling the plays, whatever. I want to see what he looks like as a head coach. No, look, it'll be boring as hell. And the second half will really be bad. Uh, you know, I've got to watch it. But the thing I, I think I mean, I'm will gonna be watch most it. takeable from it is uh weaver simon roberson and uh i always managed to forget one of them but those guys uh at outside linebacker i want to see something from and i would bet that uh, we know dupree's not playing and i would bet that landry doesn't surface so those guys are going to get a decent share of time i'm going to watch either way you guys did not get me overly excited with that answer but i'm, no, I'm, I'm still i'm still going to record gonna, i'm never going to sell we're not going to fluff football. the preseason i mean this is uh this is going to be a brutal game. Brutal watch. Uh, there's th- two or three games tonight. Brutal. I mean, it's We're just. We're betting on one of them. Oh, we are? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean. Love it. 
I'll find I them. just had a feeling. Oh, just uh, because, well, well, the Grizzlies didn't win their uh, summer <laughs> no, league. No, my NBA yeah. summer league game feeling did not that was happen. I didn't even see a final score. I just saw the Grizzlies lost. Um, you know, another reason to watch, Chad, would be to see is Woodside ready to look like a backup quarterback, but he's going to be behind, like, offensive linemen who have practiced once or twice so far in camp because they were just signed. Well, uh, let's set an over-under. Here, this would have been great for FanDuel if we could set an over-under on bad snaps by Daniel Munyer. Oh. <clears throat> that would I mean, be fun. I'll watch for that. I'll watch for bad snaps. It hasn't been every practice – uh, that that I've noticed the reports, uh, but there. But he this, had a four bad snaps. This past practice. weekend, while I was there, he had four bad snaps, which is just Outrageous. unacceptable. I don't. If he if he has one more practice like that, I don't know how he keeps a job. Yeah, well, I think it's a matter of getting people back to cut him. But Ben Jones has been out, <laughs> and Aaron Brewer. That's, That's Aaron how big Brewer they are. hasn't served. They have a yet. terrible sitter. <clears throat> And they can't cut him because they need him they to get through the preseason. That's how much of a sham the preseason is. Yeah. That they need bodies just so they can take the, the lumps to get through the game and get back to Nashville. I propose that they play a four-man line in practice and have Joey, the equipment guy, do the snap. <laughs> We're going to have the warm-up snapper. We're going to have a five-Mississippi rush. <laughs> uh, I Titans not can't excited. get there on five minutes. Titans, I not, get, Titans have not proven they could get there in five Mississippi. I, <laughs> well, that's true. To quote one of our favorite sketches, I'd, I'd like to get off now. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. People are going to take that the wrong way. Yes, they will. And that's exactly how Chad We meant want you to comment. take it however you want to take it. Just whatever, whatever level you want to take it to, you take it right there. That's what we want. Uh, we're, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those crazy guys who I'm interested in the back end of the roster. I admitted this the other week or early, early this week, but look, as a, as a true fan of the game, there's no reason to watch every second of this, of this game uh, whatsoever. Uh, Titans and Falcons tomorrow night, uh, 6 p.m. Central. Coming up, uh, there is reason to take note of the Vols scrimmage that took place this morning with Josh Heupel. We'll uh, recap some of what he had to say. Uh, offense, his new look offense against the Tennessee defense and how they fared. Um, and, and also a big recruiting discussion for Heupel in state and, uh, and, and otherwise, just in, in broad terms, what one guy could mean for the Heupel regime on the recruiting trail. That's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. We invite you to go to FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com slash OK360. That is where you can place up to a $1,000 risk-free bet. First-time users, up to a $1,000 risk-free bet with FanDuel.com slash OK360. Chad, what is the latest out of Knoxville with Brian Maurer, who has been absent recently, um, Vols had a scrimmage this morning. Josh Heupel spoke after the scrimmage. What did he say about Maurer? Where in the world is Brian Maurer? That's the question in Knoxville right now. And Josh Heupel asked about it, said, don't know. I'm going to talk to him on the day off. That he did not show up to practice. We know the, the tweet he sent out calling himself a soldier and saying uh, hashtag 18 out, that being his number and obviously showing that he's not going to be a part of the program. Did not show up at practice, was not there, was not present for the scrimmage today. So Josh Heupel is going to get a chance to talk to his quarterback uh, on the day off and probably find out what we all know at this point, that he's not going to be a part of the team. Uh, I've asked a couple people around the program about it, 
And uh, their response typically is, your guess is as good as mine with him on whether or not he's going to suddenly rally and decide he's going to make it up to the coach and rejoin the team or leave the program, that it's a very wishy-washy situation, which that kind of sums up the career of Brian Maurer in Knoxville, very wishy-washy situation, and that's what we have now. A couple other notes from the scrimmage today. Josh Heupel uh, emphasizing the defense had a good day, very physical, a lot of ball disruptions in the scrimmage. Did not overly praise his offense. I think some of this is when you get a coach on one side of the ball, they tend to harp on the bad things with their side of the ball, and he's probably going to go – he's probably going to praise the defense more than they deserve based on their production uh, in these scrimmages, and he's going to downplay the offense a little bit. I wouldn't read too much into either one of those. He did say that the quarterbacks did a good job taking care of the ball during the practice, but it's impossible to know when it's not a live situation. When they're in non-contact jerseys, you can't really tell. Yeah. You know, they're not really under they're not under pressure the way they will be in a game. So tough to know with that. And he praised the running backs. Uh, he thinks he's got a really good running back room led by Jabari Small and likes their pass catching ability out of the backfield. Um, so had a lot of good things to say about them as well. And uh, he they have op- they have good options at running back too, different sizes. Yeah. Yeah. Tyon Evans is a short, squatty. Uh, he's got Travis Henry like legs. Yeah. When you see him, Jabari Small is a little bit more of a, a do-it-all type guy. D. Beckwith, D. Beckwith is 6'5", 250. Yeah, bruiser. So he's, uh, he's a different style back. Um, Josh Heupel also addressed K. Ron Calvert from Hutton's alma mater, Warren County High School, and said that he is going to have surgery to repair a bicep tendon, and he is out for the foreseeable future. I would take that to mean season. the season uh, with an injury like that. When Fifth you tear year a bicep senior, tendon. He's, he's done. Probably done, unfortunately. So that's the update from um, – from the Tennessee scrimmage today. Uh, I know media didn't have a chance to see the scrimmage, but these are the notes that Josh Heupel discussed in talking about the scrimmage. Well, speaking of uh, the Tennessee and, and Heupel, there, there is a, a big-time recruit in Walter Nolan, Chad, and the focus and the attention uh, has been on him and will be on him. How critical is it for the Vols that they land him and the importance of landing Walter Nolan for Josh Heupel and, and for, the, for the momentum of the program? Well, they have 15 commitments right now. And of those 15 commitments, there is exactly one that's in the top 300 nationally. And that was Addison Nichols, one of their last commitments from Georgia, the big offensive lineman. That's a big piece they needed to get because he's a big-time offensive line prospect, had options all over the SEC and, and Clemson. Uh, in Ohio State. So Walter Nolan, very fascinating case in terms of a recruitment. He's from Memphis. He is 6'4", 300 pounds. He's the number one defensive lineman in, in America. He's the number two overall prospect in America. Obviously the number one player in the state of Tennessee. If Tennessee could land an anchor on the offensive line and an anchor on the defensive line in what is going to be a very underwhelming recruiting class. And it is. Just brace yourself, Falls. It's not going to be one that's going to be talked about. It's not going to be a top on 10 national class. signing day. Yeah. But if they're able to do that, that's pretty good for what should be Josh Heupel's worst class while, while he's in Knoxville because of the circumstances surrounding the NCAA, when he took the job, everything else with that. Walter Nolan is now playing his high school football at Powell, just north of Knoxville. They play in Neyland Stadium tomorrow night as part of a jamboree. And he, they, he sent out a tweet about this. Yeah, and he put out a tweet about how he is, there it is looking forward to playing. Can't wait to play at UT Friday. Be there if you can make it. Hashtag GBO. 
hashtag we want Walter. Now people are reading into that tweet. Oh, now should we give a crystal ball to Tennessee? You know, is, is this now, is he leaning Vols on this? I don't think he's leaning Vols. I think it's very much going to be a Tennessee-Florida battle for Walter Nolan in the end from, from everything I've read about his recruitment so far. But let's talk about not just the mammoth physical size of Walter Nolan, but the size of what this means for Josh Heupel in year one if he's able to land Walter Nolan. I don't think it's a death knell if he doesn't get him, but Tennessee has been presented with an amazing opportunity that they really need to cash in on. And that is the fact that the top player in the country transferred from Memphis to their backyard. Rodney Garner is known as a great recruiter. He did great things in his first stint at Tennessee. He did amazing things at Georgia under Mark Richt. He did great things at Auburn. He's getting up there in years a little bit. Is Rodney Garner still connected to the recruiting scene the way he was in the past? This, to me, is test number one. Because Rodney Garner should be moving in with Walter Nolan. And wherever he's living in Knoxville at this point, he has to be priority number one. I think it means a lot from an image standpoint that this guy transfers to Knoxville and Tennessee locks him up and gets him. And I also think that it removes the excuse of, well, he's in Memphis. Right? I think most of America just would have said, oh, Tennessee didn't have a chance. They've been bad lately. New coach. NCAA problems. And he's seven hours away. Right, that's always the thing. Well, you know, Memphis is a long way from Knoxville, uh, so he's you know it's not going to be an option because he's that far away. Look, he's in Knoxville now. There are no excuses. I know Tennessee is giving the hard sell to Walter Nolan right now. I, I think it's a very important moment off the field that could translate on the field for Tennessee football and Josh Heupel if they're able to land the number one recruit in the country in Walter Nolan. Chad, I agree. It, it's a great. Uh, case study for where we are right now for Tennessee recruiting because you mentioned the name recognition uh, number one at his position in the entire country in-state recruit which also builds momentum you mentioned the image of recruiting and I'll go a step further and say the likeness of recruiting because this is the first case study we have of Tennessee on NIL what are you going to pay to get him there it is it is booster time in Tennessee for Walter Nolan. You're in-state recruit. I, I can't help but think Alabama's going to do their thing. Ohio State and Clemson will do their thing in recruiting and then open up the, the gates for NIL for teams to, to make a move with big-time recruits like Walter Nolan across the country. You've got this guy in your own backyard. And to me, can I mean – Let's use Memphis as the example with Penny Hardaway. He's got like what five, two five-star. Well, he's players. got the number one player in the country coming, and in. and one other one that chose a, a different class, but he's about to commit. They chose Memphis over the G League. Uh, you, you think that's not going to the the, the highest bidder? He's 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 going to Memphis over the G League, where he can make five hundred grand if he so chooses in in the G League. Well, and Penny knows who to introduce guys to, and then that market, well, of course, right, of, yeah. of how to make money. But, but uh, you know, Penny was after an, another player who was drafted third overall in the draft that chose to go to the G League to make his five hundred grand for one year instead of play for Penny Hardaway in Memphis. Things have changed. My, now. my point yeah. is, can can things change for Tennessee on the recruiting trail now? I should with NIL and. How much can they get a boost in state with the buzz behind him playing in Knoxville with all of the Tennessee backers and supporters and the money there? Can they make can they, you know, can they make some 
some leadway and some, some headway into locking him in over another top 10 program across the country. I'm going to say something right now that's going to make our audience laugh. Uh, there are NCAA rules around this uh, with NIL, which I think probably makes people giggle a little bit to think that people are abiding by NCAA Time rules. Time to get creative. But the rule is you can't pay to play. Right. You can't go to someone and say, if you sign with Tennessee, we're going to pay you $500,000 from these five businesses per year to come to Tennessee or, or whatever the number oh, is, yeah, right? Yeah, right. You, you, you're technically not allowed to do that. <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> if you are Tennessee's coaching staff, you have to be coordinating right now with boosters, with business owners in Knoxville. Yes, and you need to get those business owners a suite at Neyland Stadium Friday night. And when the Powell Panthers come rolling into Neyland for that scrimmage and Walter Nolan is there, there needs to be a private reception for Walter Nolan pregame or postgame where with Josh Heupel and the Tennessee coaching staff, he meets a member of the Haslam family and he meets someone with Dish Network. And he meets someone with Frito-Lay. I don't even know if Frito-Lay's in Knoxville. I don't care. Find someone with these companies. (laughs) Bring them in. Bring someone with Crystal down in Chattanooga. There's got to be a Vol fan that's high up with Crystal. Get this guy talking about NIL and how much he could make at Tennessee. The schools that aren't coordinating those efforts are going to fall behind. Now, I'm not saying they should go and just say, look, we're going to give you $100,000 to do nothing and be here. You need to talk to him, though, about the possibilities of, hey, you're going to do social media. Right. You're going to do appearances at this car dealership. Uh, we can get you a regional commercial in Knoxville. You need to have someone who can properly communicate to Walter Nolan and whatever his camp consists of. And I'm not sure, and I'm quite positive, if he's transferring from Memphis to Knoxville, he has a camp, and you're going to have to talk to those people that are around him. I don't know if it's family. I don't know what the situation is. But you need to talk to all of them and sell them on – Here is the value of staying in the state of Tennessee and trying to revive the Tennessee football program. And it's going to be heavy financially for you. That is what Tennessee needs to be doing. I don't know that they are. But if I'm a Tennessee coach, I'm anyone with that organization, I'm Josh Heupel, I'm putting in a call or a text to an agency or someone that can rally the troops and get some business owners there to talk to Walter Nolan Gr- about NIL. And get Grant Furking there. Yes. And Grant Furking, uh, after the team meeting that he'll be a part of, needs to be there talking about NIL education. And that's a great point, Hutton, because Tennessee, and we've had Grant Furking on the show, and he's doing work now with On3 with Shannon Terry also. Great resource you have right there in your program because he's already signed up with multiple schools. He's advising multiple student-athletes. And he is great at communicating the educational aspects of NIL and how you can benefit your own brand and how you can make money. And Grant Furking needs to be in on this meeting with the businesses that he, he knows in Knoxville as well. Um, Metro Straw, his company, could sponsor and partner with, with Walter Nolan also. I think the possibilities are limitless. And I, I said this from the start. Tennessee has got to close with in-state players. There is no second – I mean, it's, it's not even close the possible financial benefits of playing at Tennessee if you're from this state. They're not going to beat Georgia on Georgia kids very often. They're not going to beat Florida, Florida State, Miami on those kids. They're not going to beat Alabama on a lot of kids. But in the state of Tennessee, you can sell a bigger financial boost based on NIL for the top prospects in the state. They need to start doing that. 
And that we, we have said throughout the offseason that they, there will be teams that are all in, that will you know, dip their toe in the water on NIL, that, that are prepared with the plan because uh, many of these schools were not ready for everything to start July 1st. Um, you know, Vanderbilt and, and Clark Lee, they are, they are concerned with winning some games and not going winless in the SEC more so than they are NIL. That's fine. They think the win should come first and, and then they build next year after a couple wins in conference to build to NIL and, and you sell the city. Fine. Tennessee's had the opposite approach to NIL so far. And this is a great case study to find out where they are at what level they are for name, image, likeness. When you have the number one player at his position in America in your backyard playing high school football at Powell right down the road from where you're playing college football at Neyland Stadium. Well, we'll see if they can land the big-time recruit. It's a great question and a great point to to follow in the the overall recruiting process let me pivot quickly to Vanderbilt and Clark Lee and and Barton Simmons his general manager uh, with the football program and what they're attempting to do Vanderbilt's got money they've got alumni clearly that have money they've got to find a way to get those alumni to stop giving money to the Peabody College and to then redirect in NIL and these are business owners I'm talking about and I think that's a lot more difficult than me just saying it because it's, it's really hard to identify the Vandy businesses across the country that will spend money not on Vanderbilt's academic side, but on football. On football. That want a return on investment with football. Uh, I think Tennessee alums are a little bit more shallow <laughs> in their approach, right? They want to have a winning football team. They're not hiding it. You know, these businesses are willing to support Tennessee football. Vandy has got to go and identify the businesses locally in Nashville, and selling Nashville is important, but also selling national Vanderbilt alumni business owners that they can partner with on NIL. I think Vandy could have the upper hand, especially on the like-minded schools. If you're recruiting against Northwestern or Wake Forest or Duke in football at times, I think Vandy with the Nashville card they can play and some of their national alums could be an advantage the, with this also. And the corporate connections right downtown now with, yep. e- with everything here. Hey, one quick thing on Vandy. Yep. Uh, Monday, they put out their hype video, let yes. us reintroduce ourselves. Just the V on the helmet, no star V. I've uh, heard, don't look for any chains. Don't look for any anchors. Look for very simple, straightforward that's not just for what they're going to wear on September 4th or whatever. That's a preview of what's to come. You think that's a, an athletic department change possibly I with think others? That's a football department change. Okay. That's a Clark Lee decision. I, I will say, uh, as someone who loves to study uniforms and logos and gear and everything, and everybody likes to have an opinion on it, my opinion on those Vandy uniforms, top notch. They look great. They are slick. That is a classic look. The V alone looks great. I like the stripes on the side of the shoulder pads. Uh, it is a pants, clean, yeah. it's a clean and terrific look, and they should not mess with it. And I am thrilled they're getting away from deep water uniforms and anchors and everything else. Now, if we can just eliminate that stupid foghorn <laughs> after scores, and the whistle. then I think we're, foghorn and we're whistle. on. Clark Lee is on to something. We like Clark Lee. It's not like it goes so off a yeah, it's true. But still, it's very annoying when it does happen. Yeah. Uh, coming back, we discuss analytics. And the Titans have hired someone to oversee analytics for the team. Uh, oversee might be a little strong. 
suggest analytics to the team. Uh, PK, Coordinate analytics. What word would you like, yeah. Paul? We'll, we'll get into it. When we get this back. guy's age, probably not overseeing very much of what's going on at the practice facility at Metro Center. But we, we will uh, let you know what the Titans are doing in that category uh, that we discussed earlier this offseason. They were not involved in. Uh, while many teams were. We'll discuss analytics. Also, a field of dreams parlay for you through OutKick 360 straight ahead. OutKick 360's daily parlay. We head to the field of dreams. Yankees and White Sox tonight. Where we make your dreams come true. PK, your honor. Just got a feeling. Just got a feeling the Yankees rise to the occasion. All right. Special circumstance. The White Sox are not equipped. Hit to it to the corn. Hit it to a, the corn. A big setting like this. And the <laughs> Yankees uh, get a nice number next to them. Now, also, I, w- I want to clarify what we're seeing on the screen. You're about to see. These were early take, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. Uh, the the odds have changed. Worse? You've done much better. Well, uh, you changed the line. You, so you got the Yankees <laughs> plus 150. I took the Yankees just now plus 140. So that's dropped a little. And then you're going to the NFL tonight, well, which has changed look, significantly. These are changing because the Wells have made their play, and that's us. Yeah, right. uh, Vegas and FanDuel saw yeah. that we made our pick tonight, and it completely shifted the odds. Yeah, I think the Patriots at home, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just Dwayne uh, Haskins doesn't do it for you for Washington. Dwayne Haskins is no longer in Washington. Yeah, he was playing for Pittsburgh. He's, he's Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't. Fitzpatrick doesn't do it for you in Washington? Yeah. Well, fourth quarter Washington doesn't do it for me. So, uh, I, I'm going with Belichick. I got plus 450 here. It's a nice return, 27.50 on five bucks. Yankees and Patriots. I mean, what, how more American can you get than that? I'm good with it. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. I, I played it with no hesitation. Now let's let's all. I'm just pulling these depth charts up just to say who we're betting yeah. on. <laughs> um, After the fact, then we right. find out who we're. Let's betting inform on. the public. So we're who going to see. You're have faith oh, it's, in tonight. So it's, it's, Mac Jones. Uh, so it's going to be Jarrett Stidham and Jarrett Brian Stidham Hoyer. Might be hurt. Um, God, Brian Hoyer just hanging on still, huh? Jared got Stidham's quarter. got a shoulder, I think. Okay, so, oh, yeah, you're right. He's on PUP. So it's going to be Brian Hoyer and Mac Jones taking on, let's see who the backup quarterbacks are in, uh, in Washington. Taylor Heineke, I doubt he plays very much. Uh, Kyle Allen and Steven Montez. Ah, Monty. So, we're, yeah, so uh, I like the quarterback options in New England a bit better there. The running back might be the bigger question. Uh, running back, that is a great point. We will be seeing Peyton Barber and, let's see, Jarrett <laughs> Patterson for Washington <laughs> taking on. I'm a big Peyton. Brandon Bolden. Um and? Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, I've always said you can't bet against Ramondre Stevenson in the in fourth the quarter of a preseason. Ramondre get the, Stevenson getting some carries tonight. You, you really can't. Also, Jakob Johnson, the fullback. Ah, so Chad, your thoughts? Um, uh, Jakob Johnson is yet another example of a player that never reached potential at Tennessee, <laughs> but somehow continues to have an NFL career. He's going to win us a bet tonight. Emmanuel Mosley is a starter in San Francisco. He sucked at Tennessee. Uh, let's go down the list of guys who have sucked at Tennessee and then went on to have great NFL careers, or at least long NFL careers, and Jakob Johnson is yet another one of those guys. I wouldn't say Emmanuel Mosley sucked at Tennessee. Jakob Johnson really did nothing in his time at Tennessee, and he's still somehow a New England Patriot. So you good know for who him. could potentially analyze these bets for us? Matt Ian Marino. That's a Matt great segue. Matt Ian Marino is the 
first hire by the Tennessee Titans in history to uh, be an analytics guy. Matt What's the official Ian title? Marino is assistant developer analytical football research. He is in John Robinson's player assistant developer personnel department. Or is that assistant to the developer? No, assistant developer. Okay. You can mess with it all you want in the uh, so search it up. Don't this, search it up, son. Is this J Rob's stretch? Is that what is that who they've hired? Conceivably. He's a computer science guy, and from what I could cobble together, he will help with the team's scouting database development and do some analytical and statistical research. Now, I don't know that he's getting downstairs and has anything to do with Vrabel and Stretch. Um, he and may again, not even need to go into the building, period. Look, they've been... <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. He could do this from anywhere, conceivably. Look, we all agree they've not done enough or that there's no reason for them not to do more analytically. But I also think you could make the case. Look, the fourth and two punt from the 40 against Baltimore was a reprehensible decision. But Vrabel taking the too many men on the field penalty against the Jets, I think it was, that set up the clock perfectly for the Titans at the end of that game. Teams with a dozen analytics guys weren't coming up with that and having teams copy them on that. So that's pretty good analytics by no analytics staff. Still, I think we all agree, why not have people well, doing Well, th there's a significant more? difference between numbers and knowing the rule book and the loopholes within it. Well, I, I think that qualifies as, as analytics. The analytics department could bring you that scenario and say, if this happened, this is what we do. The same as if you have a punt here, this is what we should do. Those are all the scenarios I want gamed out. And I think Vrabel games out some of those scenarios very well. Oh, but yeah. I, I, what I want is yeah. all the information. What I think we all argue is, all the information you could have, have people go through all of it where you might present a scenario to the coach or stretch who are overburdened to give them an idea that they might not have otherwise. Well, and, and it's in the copycat league, it was just odd to not have... And, and a single person. Sure, they could have... Absolutely, they could have people behind the scenes that were analyzing numbers and stats and figures and, and providing that to John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. It, it, was, just an, it was just an obvious slight uh, at that spot with the way the league is going to not have someone overseeing that department. Right. And they're catching up in marketing. They're right, catching right. up in, in game day production. They're yep. catching up in everything. And in this department, they almost intentionally were not doing anything. Um, and this is a young guy who's the lowest ranking guy in the personnel department. This is not a massive change. This is a toe in the water. How, how like young something. is this guy, by the way? Lebowski chimes in on the YouTube chat and says, the Titans provided him an abacus and a number two pencil <laughs> upon arrival for the I job. I would love that. I, yeah. I love the pencil. Yeah. I've gone to the pencil because of Hutton. <laughs> Hutton makes me yearn for the number two pencil, so I bought a bunch, and now that's all I write with. I've, it's great. I've, he played receiver at Denison. A return to normalcy. Whoa. He played receiver at Denison where uh, he got a computer science degree, and he has a master's in computer science from Illinois Urbana. Champagne. That guy played college football? At Denison. What is Denison? It's a university. Wow. Count. He's okay. not a uh, big or old-looking Well, we don't guy. know how big he is, but he doesn't look big from the picture of him. He looks very We're beautiful. judging height based this on is, a, a headshot. This, oh, is, a LinkedIn, this need, is a LinkedIn picture. Allow him to calculate. That's all no. we need. That's all we <laughs> That's need. Right. Can you he can calculate? calculate Meanwhile, this guy's going to walk in here tomorrow and kick my ass. <laughs> He's like 6'5", 240. We don't even know it. 
It's like, yeah, I've got a baby face, but I also squat 450 pounds. You want to take it outside in the beer garden? Let's go. I don't even know if that's good. (laughs) That's how how little I look like. You don't need any size to calculate. (laughs) You do not. You don't even have to leave your couch. (laughs) Just just sit there and The computer processor needs to be big, not the man using the computer processor. Let's uh, let's win the parlay tonight, gentlemen. Let's, shall let's we? Let's get going. Let's it's, get time, it's time to win. I, I uh, hit Hutton up last night. He sent me a text saying, "What are we betting tonight?" And I responded, and I think the fourth inning of the Braves Reds game. Oh, I this got is it glorious. at five to two, and I said, uh, five two, two, two Braves." Tuki Toussaint is about to leave the game. He just gave a two-run homer. I think Hutton got to my text when it was five to three. Yeah, it was five. I got so the Reds were mounting a comeback. And I said, take it right now. It's like plus 550. I said, take the Reds, $3, whatever. Take the Reds. They're going to come back. They scored two in the ninth to tie it, to go up five to five. Neither team scores in the 10th. I tenth. bet Reds middle of the 10th. Five big to five. Odds. Yep. Five to five because the Braves are terrible in pressure hitting situations. Five to five in the 10th. No one scores. Reds get a run in the top of the 11th. I'm thinking, this is it. Braves, th- Braves had not had a hit since the third inning. They were up 5 nothing in the third inning, did not have a hit until the 11th. And then Ozzie Albies, three-run bomb oh, and I, I sent to Chad win the game. And Hunt and I are watching. I, I said, this is the saddest I've ever been after Reds, a Braves win. This Reds pitcher was rattled. He could yeah. barely throw a strike. And when he did, Albies crushed it in ball game. Uh, one thing we need to add to the studio, uh, guys, we, we need like a GoPro or something set up at this door. Uh, which we don't have the wide-angle oh, feed that we had if earlier we this week. Constantly but flick over there. there. There's a door where we can see out. We can see behind Lance and Jacob. Uh, we can see out onto 6th Avenue. But there's a mirror effect on the windows where they, they cannot see us inside the 6th and Peabody studio, which is great. I mean, it, it's great entertainment. But throughout the show, we have random people that come up to this door thinking this is the entrance to the venue, which is locked. And the, the people watching is amazing as they try Would to get into like the venue. That? If we just had, uh, every time somebody came and tried it, you just cut like a motion sensor. shot of them trying to get in. It's like the ring uh, doorbell yeah. where you just we, go, we, we go live to the door. We had a scenario earlier I was, I was trying hard not to laugh on air about, but it looked like a group from Michigan. They were all wearing like Michigan, Michigan State gear, Detroit Lions gear, probably 12 of them. The first two people actually walked to the door and read the sign on the door and saw that you cannot enter in this door. And everyone else was trailing behind them. They walk away from the door to the main entrance. And the last two people in line, like the person that Reed said, who goes and pushes the crosswalk, like someone else didn't push it, then comes up to the door and starts yanking on the door after the rest of the group had walked on, realized it was locked and kept walking. It's fun. I would like to watch them and then like go meet them at the other end. They go, well, why did you try that door? Even though it said, don't try the door. Well, the sign is missing today, unfortunately. I like um, the sandwich board sign that goes up there. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're coming to the 6th and Peabody, just know that our entrance is locked. Closed. Uh, yeah, it, it closed. You Verboten. come to the main entrance, you're able to get in. Then if you're coming to 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw and Old Smokey, do come by and say yep. hello. You can just this see us through the, the other entrance way, to the 6th and Peabody studio. And we, we want you to come say hello. We want to pop outside and, uh, and, and say hello to everyone uh, throughout the, the afternoon, uh, which we're about to do right now. It's already hopping inside. Uh, Jacob and Lee, uh, Lance Lee and, and Reed about to go get some tacos. 
We've got some work to do, gentlemen, some meetings to hit. Thank you to Becca, Sleepy Danny. Uh, great job by Dylan today, production assistant. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Subscribe on YouTube. We are back at it tomorrow. Friday edition will be jam-packed on Outkick360. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. And don't try that door. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.